Winnipeg Jets fans, it is officially the start of free agency, and the Jets have made some moves. They've signed some players. They apparently have some uh, some irons in the fire, but let's be honest. If you are hoping for anything exciting, the Jets have once again disappointed. I have a lot of thoughts, and, uh, you know, as somebody who loves the Jets, sometimes it feels like the Jets just don't love you back. We'll talk about why Winnipeg has really dropped the ball here and what exactly Winnipeg's plan is for the next couple of weeks as uh, the Jets are prepping for the upcoming season. Gotta be honest, I'm not really sure myself. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. We love and appreciate your support, so Drop us a like and a follow on your favorite platform. And as always, thanks again for listening. It's uh, time to dive into Winnipeg Jets free agency, which, you know, every year we go through the same cycle. And every year, uh, I don't even know why I get my hopes up at this point, because I think the Jets have kind of made it clear that Winnipeg is not going to be a big player in this market. But, you know, this particular season, this offseason, what the Jets have kind of tried to cue us into uh, with previous moves and things, I was at least slightly bit hopeful, right? I kind of thought maybe the Jets would change their MO. Maybe Winnipeg would recognize that this team, if they're trying to compete, if they're trying to make the playoffs, if they're trying to actually do anything in the postseason, it can't rely on the status quo. And there were so many players who got put, you know, put on uh, waivers to have their contract terminated. Some folks got bought out. Um, There were plenty of great RFAs who weren't qualified and who are still available as of this uh, recording, but you know, the Jets haven't really tipped their hand that they're interested in much of anyone. And I think that this for me is a major concern. First, though, let's talk about the two players that they did sign. They've brought in Kevin Stenland and uh, David Riddick, and I believe both are essentially signing for around like 800 to 900 K per season on one year deals. Um, now, th- these guys, I mean, let's be real. Eric Comrie has now walked to uh, the Buffalo Sabres. Um, for two years, and I believe he's being paid $1.8 million per season. So obviously, on a contract like that, I think the Jets, you know, saving around ha- uh, like half that contract um, and going with David Riddick, it's fine, right? I mean, Riddick is okay. Um, I-, I think David, you know, big save Dave a couple of years ago. He was actually legit a great goalie for a, a-, a time. But, you know, the most recent spell with the, the uh, Nashville Predators, a little bit alarming for Jets fans. And I, I don't really expect him to have um, a particularly impactful role for this team. I think he'll maybe start uh, a handful of games, but probably even less than Eric Comrie started, which is kind of funny because I think the admission was Comrie didn't start enough. And Eric himself has kind of seemingly wanted a little bit more opportunity. So, you know, for the Jets to really drop the ball here where all they had to do 
was play him like 90 more minutes and they could have qualified him. I think that was a bit of a mistake. Now it sounds like the Jets weren't really interested in doing that anyways because you know they felt that the qualifying offer would be too expensive and it's like okay, you know, maybe he gets a, a bit of a raise, maybe his qualifying offer comes in at a pretty high number. But, you know, at some point the Jets also have to recognize that you know, you can't just keep scrubbing the bottom of the barrel and hoping that this is going to work every single time. I think with Riddick, there is decent upside on this deal. I'm just not sure that it's tremendous uh, upside. Maybe he becomes like a decent, you know, 9-10 save percentage backup. But I think if that's the case, if he hits, you know, just around league average for a goalie or something, I can very much accept that. I think that that's fine. But, you know, when you're not paying a lot, you're, you're just over league minimum, you kind of have to expect that you're not getting a, a lot out of that deal. Um, and so for me, Riddick is just kind of like, you know, I guess, okay, sure. Um, I mean, they don't really have many goalies in the system that I would want to trust. Uh, Mikhail Berdin hasn't really impressed me, unfortunately. I, I think that his mechanics and stuff are still raw. And, you know, I, I wouldn't really want him to be the backup. And uh, it's just... It's a little bit frustrating, right? But I mean, I think Big Save Dave brings positive vibes. Um, maybe he can, you know, resuscitate some of his old form. Whatever the case is, he is probably the bigger signing of the two. The other addition is Kevin Stenland. And if you don't really know who he is, uh, he has come out of Columbus's system. Doesn't really have a long NHL track record. I think he's played something like 71 games, maybe. Maybe a bit more than that. Uh, but, you know, the long and short of it is, He's a big center who offers more of a defensive presence, not really a pronounced goal scorer, but um, his hand-eye coordination is pretty good. He can pass pretty well. It's just that he doesn't really find himself in a lot of uh, dangerous scoring opportunities, uh, and he's not really somebody who's going to be like a, a massive creator. But I mean, as like a fourth-line center, it's kind of whatever. I think that it's you know again for a really cheap deal on a one-year contract or whatever. It's just. Again, I don't really fuss about it too much, but I, I do have like a broader point about all of this that I think is kind of important to mention. And it's that the Jets, they're not really signing big impact players. If you're thinking this team, uh, as Chevy has indicated, is going to be good enough to run it back next year. And if you like this group of players, it, I just have to ask what exactly your plan is then. Do you think that this team is going to be better under bonus? Yeah, it might be. Bones might be able to take a little bit more out of this team and uh, actually get it into a postseason spot. But what is your expectation beyond that? Because look at this team. Look at what they've done over the past couple of years. There's not a strong track record of success ever since 2017-2018. So for me, I just don't really understand what the game plan is. And I'll talk about you know my personal frustrations as a fan in a little bit and, and why I feel like this just isn't good enough. But before we go any further and before I uh, end up starting my rant, I just wanted to shout out one of our wonderful partners at Athletic Greens. I've mentioned them before. Um, Athletic Greens offers a great product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I was looking to fortify my immune system and give myself a boost to the daily regimen. You know, obviously there's plenty of supplements out there, but you find yourself having to take quite a few of them to get the same results, right? You might have like 20 or 30 pills or something on the high end. Hopefully none of you are taking that many, but you know, there are some crazy people out there. And uh, <clears throat> instead of trying to go through all of this stuff, I wanted something that's a lot more convenient. With AG1, you get one delicious scoop and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, 
whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens all spun together with a handy dandy little spoon and a glass of water. And really, that's all you need. It's super simple. And, you know, for AG1, I, I mean, it fits almost every lifestyle. It's got no nasty chemicals or GMOs. It's keto, paleo, vegan, uh, dairy-free, and gluten-free. So no matter what your dietary restrictions are, it's made to match your lifestyle. And rather than spending so much money on tons of vitamins and, and supplements, a, you know, a scoop of AG1 just costs you a little under $3 a day. So, you know, for an entire month's supply, you know, you're, you're getting all of the vitamins and minerals you could possibly need, plus, you know, a little bit of extra stuff. And, you know, this is a really great value. Again, you know, it's got over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's tested and proven by plenty of folks out there who are looking to give their immune system a really big boost. And it's just a small habit that you can get into to help your overall health uh, picture and give you the boost that you need every single day. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of, in a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Like I said right before the break, um, this is kind of where I'm going to be a little bit ranty. I'm not going to like get super angry because I think my ability to be angry and upset at the Jets over the past couple of years, I, I've just kind of lost it. You know, I think Winnipeg really hasn't given me a lot to be emotionally invested in. Um, and the, you know, the, the overall mood of the team for me, like, obviously I, I still love the Jets, right. But I just feel like I, I don't have as much emotionally invested into their success as I used to, you know, five, seven years ago, maybe longer. I was like right there. I was like, let's win a cup. Let's go. Let's freaking do this crap. You know, let's, uh, seek out some of the best trades up, you know, trade options possible. Let's actually build a real contender. And I, I fully believe the Jets were going to be a cup winner. I, I I straight up went all the way from Baltimore to Winnipeg and spent like a week and a half hanging out. Uh, I was super psyched. I got to go to a couple of playoff games. Um, the atmosphere at the time in, in MTS was just, it was to die for. I mean, it was awesome. The fan base was so engaged. Everyone was happy. People were running through the streets. I mean, it was it was a mind-blowing time. And for the life of me, I don't understand why the Jets ever let it get to the point where when you walk into Canada Life Center, it's a ghost town. It sounds like there's no one in there. You could have 11,000 people in that stadium, and it just sounds like a like you could hear a mouse poop in there. I don't know why they've allowed the atmosphere to decline so much, and they're just not really giving Jets fans something to latch onto. I know that Dayoff said that he had some like um, irons in the fire with some contract offers that he's waiting for, but when you look at this team and you look at the lack of success recently, if your plan is to run it back like he's basically saying they're going to, you know, I, I just don't think it's acceptable. Pierre-Luc Dubois' agent just a little bit ago said that, um, you know, Dubois' intention is very much to go to Montreal. This was in an interview with TVA, if you're looking for it, so you can check out TVA's articles. But, 
you know, this whole myth and or or this whole belief that the Jets can just sort of go through the same process and expect things to, you know, make a few tweaks here and expect the problems to just go away. They're not going away. The only re- the only way that they're going to go away is if Winnipeg is able to, you know, put on the adult pants and deal with some of these problems. Now, I do think Shoveldayoff is trying to do stuff on the back end, but is it really enough? Is what he's doing truly targeting the right players? Um, I think we're going to get a better sense over the next couple of days of what his philosophy is, but I, I got to be honest. I mean, the public statements that the team is making, it's not really giving me a lot of confidence that the Jets are aware of where the problems truly lie. You can't just bring in a couple of guys and say, you know, you, you maybe find some AHL depth or maybe some bottom six players and think this is enough. I need them to chase bigger fish. And some of these guys, they can only get through trades. But, you know, we're not really hearing a lot about Blake Wheeler's uh, trade stuff. Uh, it sounds like it's very quiet. Uh, you know, we're not hearing a ton about Pierre-Luc Dubois' trade offers other than Montreal not really coming in at the price that the Jets were hoping for. What then are we supposed to latch on to? Uh, you know, I, I love the the draft that the Jets had with McGrory and Brad Lambert. Some of the other picks I'm a little bit, you know, more lukewarm on. But overall, I thought, like I said on the previous podcast, I gave him a B. But that can't be it. You know, the Jets, when they have prospects, when it comes to developing them and actually getting them NHL ice time, it's been a bit of a mixed, bit of a, bit of a uh, mixed bag over the past couple of years. And so the Jets are going to have to do something else, man. I mean, they just can't let this be it. I don't think it is it, but I'm not thinking that what they have in mind is what I'm hoping for because, you know, the Jets are are a team that I think has become complacent with where they're at. And at some point, the fan base is going to turn against this team. You know, I got a lot of pushback on Twitter for some of the comments I made um, about this team's basically failure of an offseason. And I will fully admit that there are some things that the Jets can't control. Losing out on trots, there's not much you can do about that. Barry just wasn't really looking to get back into coaching, and I think that he kind of made that clear, even though he gave the Jets the the time of day, and I think that that's great news. But, you know, once that kind of came off the board, then you had a couple of head coaching candidates. The Jets really didn't seem to get any of them truly on board, or if they interviewed them, it was very brief. And so, you know, then they get bonus. Now, I actually think Bones might be an all right fit for this team, so I'm not going to complain about that. I liked his interviews. I liked what he said. And he seems like he's, you know, a pretty decent guy. But then you start going down the list, um, you know, not giving Eric Comrie enough time to qualify. Uh, and now he's gone. You start you start looking at the whole Pierre-Luc Dubois situation. The Jets are going to try and convince him to stay. And I think his agent just made it clear. He doesn't want to stay. No amount of trying to convince him to stay is going to, to fix the problem. He's got bigger issues with this team. Or he just wants to go to Montreal. And you know what? I can't blame him. If he wants to move on, let him move on, right? Stop trying to force things that aren't going to work. Eventually, it just always ends up in people getting traded anyways. And sometimes for less than they might have been able to fetch earlier if the Jets had gotten ahead of it. And then you look at the free agency approach, and I'm just, I I don't, (laughs) for the life of me, I don't really get it. Uh, I I think Winnipeg has just massively disappointed me again. Um, but like I said, I, I'm not really angry or upset about it. Maybe even maybe I'm not even disappointed. I mean, it's what I expected. The Jets over the years have been very reactionary for the most part, and they haven't really made a ton of big moves other than guys like Schmidt and Dylan. 
Uh, and Dylan might not even be, you know, the, the guy that they need to keep. They said they intend for him to stay until the start of next season and they're expecting him back. But, you know, you're looking at the log jam of D the Jets have on the left side. You're looking at the market right now for the defenders, which is just crazy expensive. Can you really afford to keep him on the team? I don't even know. I, I kind of want to know what your thoughts are. Um, be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and LO underscore uh, uh, Winnipeg Jets on Twitter and in the YouTube comments below. How are you feeling about all of this? I mean, we're, we've been told to trust the process for years. We did. But aren't you all tired of just not really having results or things as fans to really latch onto? Let me know what your thoughts are. Maybe some of you are like, I'm way off base and, you know, this guy's just ranting and angry. Um, I think more more so than anything, I've just become tired. But I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, in a little bit. I do want to take a look at uh, some of the other major free agent deals today and kind of talk about them because, let's be real, today was just absolutely bat crap insane for a lot of signings. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out one of, the, one of our other fabulous partners. It's a group that I've talked about before, and I'm personally a big fan. It's Built Bar from Built, and if you've never had a Built Bar, it's a protein bar that's more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. They've got tons of great flavors, like uh, my personal favorite is raspberry dark chocolate. They've also got you know stuff like apple pie, and they're constantly innovating. They've just introduced coconut brownie chunk puff, which is, you know, again, like a coconut brownie with that chocolatey, chewy interior uh, mixed with a layer of some wonderful, wonderful marshmallow. And, you know, obviously this sounds super delicious and maybe even just a teensy weensy bit uh, sinful. But, you know, like all built Bars, it's great for you. It's low calorie, under 200 calories. You know, it's, you're going to have to only deal with five to eight grams of net carbs, maybe just a little bit more than that. And it comes packed with like anywhere from 14 to 18 grams of protein. So rather than having a really sugary candy bar and regretting it later, try a built Bar instead. They, again, they're so delicious. They're made with really healthy, healthy protein, and they're built to support every kind of lifestyle, whether you're looking for a snack on the go, maybe a, a bit of a breakfast replacement or something right before you hit the gym so that you can build your body the way you want. To get started, go to built.com and be sure to use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout at built.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are closing out tonight with hopefully um, some thoughts on some really fun, I guess, transactions and stuff that happened. Quite a few bizarre tra uh, trades and free agent signings that we've seen. I won't get to all of them today, but, uh, you know, in tomorrow's episode, I'll probably wrap up any other crazy ones that occur. The biggest one, though, that everyone's been talking about is Johnny Goudreau going to the Columbus Blue Jackets at seven years for just under $10 million. Now, the whole situation here was that the Devils, Islanders, and Flyers were all investigating Goudreau's services. The Flyers, because they're really stupid, ended up finding themselves out of the race, and uh, they look more like they're planning to tank which maybe that is the plan and maybe they're just not being honest with the whole situation. But whatever the case may be, um, they definitely could not afford um, Goudreau's cap hit. The Devils kind of seem like the most natural destination. I mean, New Jersey was primed for him to join. He's, you know, from Jersey. That region was probably looking to get closer to home. And so, you know, all the stars were seemingly aligning for New Jersey fans Islanders, I thought, were a little bit more of a distant competitor, but maybe something to try and salvage the last couple of years of this core. But instead, you know, the, the Blue Jackets came in super late with a huge offer. And, 
you know, despite the offer being high, it was actually less than pretty much every single team that they were competing against gave out. So I think it'll be very interesting to hear his reasoning. Maybe that there's like a personal connection to Columbus, someone in the organization or something with a locale that made this a really appealing option. Whatever the case may be, Goudreau has signed. Um, very interesting choice. The Jackets are not exactly in a st- like a state where I would say that they're super competitive, but you know they probably did finish ahead of some of the other teams and competitors that they were fighting for uh, Goudreau's signature with. But yeah, I mean, it's just an interesting move, right? An interest- interesting choice for his career. And certainly, you know, that's one of the biggest free agents off the market now, maybe the biggest uh, free agent, especially for this offseason. Aside from that, we've seen lots of contract extensions. Tampa Bay has been extending everyone for about eight years. Sorelli got an eight-year, $50 million deal. Sergachev got uh, even more than that. He's making like $8.5 million per season over eight years. Pretty expensive and with a lot of term, if I'm being honest. I can't say that I love that for um, Tampa Bay, but they don't really seem to care what they do. <laughs> I think that they're just kind of uh, uh, trying to extend that whole um, run of form and and playoff competitiveness for as long as possible. Consequences be darned. Yeah, I, I guess, I mean, you might as well, right? It's the Tampa Bay Lightning. They are, if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. And I think that they've proven they are in for a pound for as many seasons as they can. So can I blame them? Probably not. Uh, one of the other really funny transactions we saw was um, the, the Vegas Golden Knights giving Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin to the Carolina Hurricanes, and all they got back in exchange was future considerations. Uh, <laughs> I've not really seen that before. Um, future considerations for like a guy who's probably going to score like 40 goals for Carolina, uh, plus a pretty decent depth. I think he's like a defenseman, uh, Coughlin is. But, you know, you look at uh, Pacioretty and, and his fit for Carolina, and they basically just got a major need on the roster filled for free. Now, of course, his cap hits a little bit expensive, and that's why um, Vegas kind of just dumped him. But, you know, you look at the Golden Knights management and you sort of wonder what exactly their plan is because it's a little bit confusing, if I'm being honest. Very strange team, and uh, one that I have to say is is very puzzling. But, you know, as a Jets fan, maybe I can't trash talk. Vegas has still sniffed glory a lot closer and a lot more recently than the Jets have. Now, I, I've been a little bit dour on Winnipeg's free agent signing so far. But, um, you know, given all this, there is still a chance for the Jets to kind of turn their offseason around. You know, there are some players that they have actually uh, not signed and that are still available on the free uh, free agency market. And some of them are actually worth taking a look at. Dylan Strom, Danton Heinen, Sonny Milano, Evan Rodriguez, Victor Mete. If the Jets get like two or three of these guys, I think their offseason picture starts to change a lot, especially if they make a couple of really smart trades. But they're going to have to get aggressive with this because I think a lot of teams are going to be after all of these players. And Winnipeg is just not the biggest destination for a lot of free agents. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens. At this point, that's all we can do. I mean, the Jets are going to Jets, right? But, you know, let me know how you're feeling about all of this. Be sure to let me know again at HLLivingLoco and LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter and in the YouTube comments below. Give me your thoughts and feelings. I might talk about it on the next episode get a bit of a vibes check with the Jets fan base because I think a lot of people, they're getting to the point where they're kind of fed up. But uh, I'm going to stop the bad vibes there. Uh, And uh, yeah, again, just want to thank you so much for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. 
Be sure to make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. It's available on all the same platforms that we are, so give them a like, follow, and a subscription right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.